Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Yankee Chatter, episode number three. My name is Greg Andriano. And this is Brad McCormick. Yes, my name is Brad McCormick. I was waiting for an introduction. I want to see that. <laughs> it's your barbecue. Well, I'm just eating. Uh, <laughs> yes, Brad McCormick back for episode three uh, at Brad or Chatter One on Twitter. And you can find uh, me at the Pinstripe Chronicle. That is TPC underscore Yankees blog on Twitter. We are also on Facebook and Instagram. I would recommend just searching the Pinstripe Chronicle. Um, that would be the best way to get us there. So, want to yeah. just jump right into it? Everything you're going to want to hear about the show is on there. That's, let's just exactly. get into it here. Yep. Not too much uh, is please, happening. So. Please, before we even get started, please, if you really like what you hear, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes. It's, it's right below, in the link below. It means uh, so much to us if you could generate some buzz about us and pass the word along. We really do appreciate you watching. Thank you again. And it doesn't cost you anything. It's, it's not no. like a paid subscription. It's a free subscription. It's let you know when we have a new video that pops up mm -hmm. and uh, it'll help you out and us. So we appreciate mm -hmm. you do that and then spread the word to other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. And even on top of that, leave some feedback. Give us a thumbs up. Like yes. our videos. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We're just starting out here. So we'll take any advice or tips we can to improve because that's all we want to do is just get better at this. So, again, subscribe. We would love some content to go back and forth on. So leave yep. uh, leave any comments you want. Even if mm -hmm. you don't agree with what we're saying, let us know. We'll, uh, mm -hmm. we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. We'll try and get back with comments. We, we just want to keep the dialogue going. It's, a com it's all about conversation, and that's all over. What's what we want to do here. So with that said, let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. The big thing that happened this past week was the 2019 Hall of Fame classes were announced. And um, you might recognize a couple of names on there as two of them were former Yankees. Uh, Mariano Rivera is the first ever unanimously selected player to the Hall of Fame. This is a very big deal because no one thought that this could ever happen. There's always someone out there that's willing to not vote just for the sake of well, no one else was uh, unanimously, unanimously voted before, so let's keep that streak alive. Uh, I think it's a fantastic thing. I think it should have been done earlier. Uh, certainly Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams, all those guys, Hank Aaron, they should have been all unanimous, and they weren't. So this is a big step in the right direction, and it couldn't happen to a better guy. So congratulations, Mariano. Congratulations, Mariano. He definitely deserves it. And you're right, this should have been happening happening all along there's so many mm -hmm. players that deserve to be unanimous so many writers either they have their own agenda or mm -hmm. what happens is you can only i don't agree with the way to do it but there's only a certain amount of people you can vote for every year so sometimes when writers know a guy's gonna gonna get in they use their votes on other players that they want to keep on the ballot or get in their last uh on the last year that they're uh, available so a lot of times that's it's not that writers don't think they're uh deserving of a unanimous vote but they use their votes on other players but um mm -hmm. this you're right and this is this is one that it had to be unanimous there's no reason not to have many just every record imaginable for closer he's a great guy mm -hmm. so much for communities um and you're right so many players that that were in the past should have been that that you named already you know willie mm -hmm. mays and all those yep. uh ken griffey jr should have gotten it you know um it's just it's a big deal and i really hope that moving forward especially you know, when some of these guys like Mike Trout or I'll even like if Aaron Judge continues to produce at the way that he's producing or John like next year, Stan, Jeter, oh, yeah. You know? yeah, there's there's all these players. I really hope they they move this forward. But we'll get back to that in a minute. Let's let's go through the list. Uh, the next player on the list was Edgar Martinez. He played with the Mariners. He was he was known as a more of a designated hitter, uh, one of the best pure hitters in the game during his career. Uh, a fantastic addition to the, the Hall of Fame. Um, Roy Holiday, uh, the late Roy Holiday, is the next uh, inductee. He played most of his career with the Toronto Blue Jays and with a few years at the end um, with the Phillies. He will be going in along with the next person on the list without a logo on their cap. Um, he, and we'll, Mike Messina is the last inductee. Uh, he played, as we all know, 10 years with the Orioles and eight years with the Yankees. He will be going in with no logo on his cap. And I agree with this. I agree with it on both accounts. I think it's good for the game. Um, it's good for both fan bases that, uh, especially for players that accomplish such great things with both teams. Um, I'm sure you feel the same, Brad. 
Yeah, I do. I, 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 you know, as soon as I heard Halliday was going in without a logo, I immediately thought the Saints should do the same. Because when you look at his career stats, it's almost a dead split right in between the Orioles and Yankees. There wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like he just went to the Yankees at the end of his career to try to get mm-hmm. a World Series. No, it was a good split. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. I actually, I actually like players going in without logos on their caps, and maybe in the future, I'd like to see players with no logos and then just having on their plaque their career stats or who they mm-hmm. play for. I actually like the idea, but um, mm-hmm. do you know, are there other players that have done this? or is this a I thing? believe there are. I don't know any off the top of my head. I should have Okay, I just didn't up. know if it was a new thing or not. Maybe Tim, maybe, did Tim Raines go in? I don't remember. Maybe, I think he was an expo. But, um, you know, the thing that kind of caused a stir with Messina is that, yeah, he played 18 seasons, 10 with one team, eight with the other. Uh, but he did he did play most of the prime of his career with the Orioles. He had all of his all-star selections with the, the Orioles. He had more gold gloves with the Orioles. He had uh, he may have had his 20-win season with the Yankees, but he had multiple 19-win seasons with the Orioles. So I could see why Oriole fans would be upset. But to me, it just makes more sense. He played, he pitched in his world, only World Series with the Yankees, two World Series with the Yankees, got 20 games win season with the Yankees, you know, he's appeasing both fan bases. And that to me speaks a lot to his character. Uh, he is a, he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He went to Stanford. It's, it's a good move. Same with holiday. You know, he pitched, he won most of his Cy Young's. I think all of his Cy Young's with the Jays. Maybe he won one with the Phillies. I'm not sure. I have to look it up. I think he but did. He, yeah. Cause he's one of the only pitchers to win a Cy Young in each league. That's right. Okay. So there you go. And then he also pitched a perfect game and a no hitter. Uh, the second no hitter in baseball history in the playoffs in with the, the postseason, right? Yep. So it makes sense. It does. And you know, with Mike Messina, I feel like there was a lot of Mike Messina about the Hall of Fame that was debatable. A lot of people thought he was borderline. He was borderline to me about being a Hall of Fame uh, player. That was debate. And then there's also debate of who he's going to go in as an Oriole mm-hmm. Yankee. As a Yankee fan, I see him as a Yankee, but I could see why Baltimore fans, like you said, see him as an Oriole. And I think the casual fan outside of those two teams, uh, see him as an Oriole too. But the most mm-hmm. impressive thing to me about Messina is that regardless of the team he played for, it was always in the AL East. It was during the steroid era. And I think those two things alone is what propelled him into the Hall of Fame, even though he had kind of borderline stats. Mm-hmm. Like 270 wins. But here's my, you know, and what I told people was, yeah, he only had 270 wins. 300 is the standard to get in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's mm-hmm. the automatic at least. But do you really want to hanging on to the three, four, five years just to get those extra 30 wins? I don't think so. I think he stepped away at the right time. He won 20 games this last year, which is That's true. incredible. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, could this pave the way for pitchers that had similar numbers, like like an Andy Pettit? Uh, if you look at their stats, they're very similar. Messina's a little bit better, but, uh, you know, Pettit has more World Series, and it's, it's very, very close, and it could actually help his case. Pettit's going to have to deal with the HGH thing, which is what might be holding him back for right now. Mm-hmm. So with that said, um, just really quickly, because I would like to touch on this, uh, players that are tied to PEDs like Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire uh, and Roger Clemens, do they, do you think they ever get into the Hall of Fame? I don't know if they do get in. I personally think they should, uh, regardless of, what they did in their careers, it's part of baseball history. And the Hall of Fame is a museum of baseball history. Uh, you could easily put something on their plaques about what era they played in, maybe any uh, any questions that were brought up about them. You want to put them in a separate wing? I don't care what you do. But those players, <laughs> regardless of what they did, what we think they did, they were still the best players in this era. You can't just skip over a whole era. Absolutely. And even before Bonds went to the Giants and probably before he got involved in steroids, he was one of the best players for the Pirates in the, in, in the league. So, you know, he, he should get in. Uh, and I think maybe the voters are making strides because they, they took the next step with the whole unanimous voting situation with Mariano. Maybe next season you see a little bit of a boost for Clemens and and Bonds and McGuire, maybe not so much McGuire, but definitely Bonds and Clemens. Uh, their their vote percentage, I think, stayed about the same this season. So right. maybe that's because players were trying to get Mariano as, or not players, voters were trying to get Mariano as the first unanimous. So with Jeter, I think after Jeter, there aren't really any other players that I see it's a pretty be, weak class be, being, 
Yeah. First, yeah, exactly. So that could be their opportunity uh, to, you know, make that giant step. And that would be a huge step. And I agree with you, Brad. They should do something to differentiate them in the Hall of Fame. Maybe give them a different color plaque or put something on there yeah. that says, I would stay away from asterisks. That didn't really go over well the first time. Um, <laughs> 9 but, <laughs> but definitely put something on there, like maybe at the bottom, put steroid error or, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get them, so, get them in the Hall of Fame and mm-hmm. wonder if differentiate it from there. Go right ahead. It, it happened. It needs to be in there. A uh, hundred years from now, uh, fans aren't really going to be familiar with what happened. We lived through it, so it's still alive and well with us. But you know, kids a hundred years from now, they're not going to be like, well, "What's the steroid error?" They're not going to know about it. It should be documented. With that said, right. um, talking about Jeter and the and Mariano being the first unanimous player voted in. Uh, do you think Jeter will be unanimous as well? I don't think Jeter is as much of a shoe in as Rivera. Because uh, I do know people that still think Jeter was just so overrated because he played for the Yankees in that time period. But otherwise, he would have just been an average shortstop. That's what I've heard. He has over 3,100 hits. So, mm-hmm. yes, he's a Hall of Famer. But I don't think he's a, a shoe in to be unanimous like mm-hmm. Mariano is. So I'd, I'd be surprised, actually, if he was. Uh, I agree. Actually, uh, it really, for me, to, for him to be unanimous, even though he won a handful of Gold Glove Awards, I, I feel like the, he was just handed them. I don't think he really earned them. He always got a lot of flack for being not the best defensive shortstop in the league. Um, you know, players like Omar Vizquel were far superior. But Even well, A-Rod this, was actually yeah, a better defender. Even, exactly. So I think that's going to hurt his case for being unanimous. Uh if he had the numbers, the defensive numbers like Omar Vizquel, then definitely, I think he should be because he's got the class, he's got the he's got the prestige, he's got the the honors. He never won an MVP, uh, not that Mariano did, but uh, I just I feel like a lot of writers are going to get hung up on the fact that he, he should have the he best. Should have won the MVP the year that Joe Mauer did. Yep, yep. Omar, but was he, it more no? No, it was Mauer. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, but he didn't, and and I think that that's going to that a lot of writers are going to find little things like that to, to not vote for him. There um, will be some writers know. that don't. Yep. So I wouldn't Positive. be surprised, but I think uh, fans should look at it more as he, he's getting in. He's going to be a first ballot no matter what, Oh yeah. Um, what percent, what percent doesn't matter. Players like players have said, they don't really care. Oh, well you got 85%. I only got 75%. Uh, I just barely got in, but there, you're there. You got voted. That's the honor. And that's what, fans need to take away from this right once you're there it doesn't matter what year you were on the ballot what percentage it doesn't mm-hmm. even matter if the veterans committee voted you in once you're there mm-hmm. you're there your plaques on the wall and that's all that matters and that, mm-hmm. i think that's all that matters to to uh the other players that are in the hall of fame either they don't care how you got there you're there you're one of them absolutely absolutely so we completely agree about that uh so it'll be exciting to see jeter get voted in it'll just be interesting to see if anyone gets voted in with him Right. Next, um, the, the big story on for next year is Jeter, and and it's also going to be since that class is so weak. Do the steroid era players take a jump or not? Mm-hmm. And I if any other is, next year is going to be a big telltale of where they get it. Get mm-hmm. in. And if any other players see a hike in their vote percentage, I think Pettit might increase a little bit. But like you said, he's tied to the steroids, so that could hurt him as well. Right. With that said, since we're talking about a pitcher, uh, let's talk about the one deal that the Yankees actually did announce this week and that was uh, officially announcing the signing of Adam Adovino. Uh, we talked about it last week so we won't really dive into the details about the kind of player he is. We know he's going to be great. We know that the bullpen's going to be fantastic. He's just uh, solidifying that even more uh, but he was signed three years, $27 million um, total uh, which is a steal. Uh, I read somewhere that he always wanted to play for the Yankees so that was really what his focus was. So this is fantastic. Um and the big story, which we kind of joked about last week, was will he wear number zero? Yes, he will. Yankees <laughs> have announced it. I was wrong. I didn't think that they were going to let it happen, but they did. Um, so this is cool because this is now the final single-digit number that uh, is available. Uh, will he be the last to wear it? Probably. I don't see any other player wanting to wear number zero. Um, I feel like most you players would find it a gag. But, you know, it's his thing. It's great. I think it's fantastic for the Yankees. I think it's a, a selling point uh, to get people to buy merchandise, which is cool. But I think it's cool, regardless. So, Brad, what, your real quick, I want to get your opinion. What do you think about his statement about how he would strike out favor with every time he faced him? 
I don't know about every time. I think that's a <laughs> bit of an embellishment, but I definitely think he could strike him out in very different eras. So it's kind of hard to believe or kind of hard to understand um, what kind of hitter the Babe would be in this era. Obviously the best player at, of the time when he was involved in the game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he overate. He didn't really work out. Uh, it kind of be interesting to see <laughs> how he would stack up if he would if he would take the extra inif- initiative and bulk up and be the, the you know the the um, the type of player that's in the major leagues now. Uh, obviously, Ottavino could strike him out. He's a pitcher with great stuff. Any most pitchers in the major leagues could strike out Babe Ruth every time. I doubt it. Yeah, I know he clarified his statement. I didn't hear what he had to say. But I know he clarified. He probably, now that he's a Yankee, he probably tone it down a little bit, but uh, yeah, you really can't compare errors because if Babe Ruth was living now and playing, he might be just as good, but he might be better because now you have hitting coaches and trainers mm-hmm. and workout programs. Well, that's the he, thing is, so you can't is he's, he's, he's never faced pitchers like today. I mean, the balls are wound more tightly. Uh, the fields are smaller. That you know, too. It's a completely different ball game than when Babe was playing. So to take Adovino and put him back in 1927 uh, when the Murderer's Row existed... You know, he he might not be able to get the type of break that he could get on a slider today. You don't know that. It's There's too many unknowns, but to take the babe out of 1927 and put him into 2019, I say Adovino strikes him out. Not every time, though. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, one of the big things that we've always seemed to talk about every episode so far was uh, Machado and Harper. And to be honest, not much has happened on that front, uh, only uh, especially with Harper. Haven't really heard much about him. Uh, the only rumor that came out this week, uh, and Brad, if you want to talk about it, uh, is uh, with the Padres getting involved. Yeah, so we kept hearing about this mystery team being involved, and I was doubtful. I didn't think there actually was a mystery team. I think it's just something that agents like to throw out there to get teams to up their bids a little bit. But apparently, this in this case, there was a mystery team uh, in the Machado sweepstakes, at least, and that's the San Diego Padres. Padres are interesting right now because they're making moves. They're not sitting around, and I like it. Um, it makes you question about their intentions. If they ever did get a Kluber, would they actually clip him? Would they keep him now? If they get mm-hmm. Machado, uh, and, they, they, and they've made other signings this year that are, they're clearly trying to get better sooner than later. They still have a long ways to go, but still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Padres are now in the mix. I don't know how serious they are. Uh, it's 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 actually not that rough of a market to get into right now because it's just the White Sox and Phillies you're going up against. So why mm-hmm. not? Why not test the bidding? Uh, mm-hmm. See, see, you know, tip, tip your total water, see what you can find. Mm-hmm. And this is a fantastic move for the Padres because they, they if they can make a big free agent splash like this, then it'll probably at- attract other players. Plus they have one of the deepest farm systems in the major leagues. A lot of yes. players that are right are on the cusp of coming to the big leagues. So, you know, you get an uh, experienced guy like Machado that could work wonders for, uh, these young guys coming up, and if you can, are able to acquire a Kluber, then you got one of the best pitchers in the game, one of the best young hitters in the game. On top of that, some really deep rookie class coming through. So this could right. be a good move for the Padres. You know, uh, when I the don't... Dodgers signed Pollock this past week, or yeah, this, this past past week, mm-hmm. everyone st- immediately started talking about them trading for Riamuto. But what did the Padres do? The Padres, they have the system for it. What if they, they get Machado, Riamuto, Kluber, and they signed Hosmer last year? And they have mm-hmm. all those great rookies. I mean, I'd pull the trigger. Why not? I mean, did did Eric Hosmer know something that that nobody else knew when he signed with them last year? Because I, I thought he was only, crazy. They tried a lot last year, and I think he's the only guy <laughs> that actually went there. You know? Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought um, it was just for the weather, but maybe not. I mean, that's one of the things that they're saying Machado is going to bite on is the fact that San Diego's got such great weather, and I don't know. I don't know whether or not he'll sign there. It's a long shot for the Padres if they do end up signing him. Good for them. If not. Uh, the White Sox are still heavily involved. I just I don't think he wants to play there. Um, same with the Phillies. I really think that the Yankees are keeping tabs on him, and it would be stupid not to. Uh, the only way the only way the Yankees sign him is if they get him at their price, which is going to be around not more, but around two hundred million dollars uh, for the extent of the contract, probably eight years. I don't know what uh, I can't think off the top of my head what that works out to, but it's a probably a good. Decent size annual average value. Uh, but I don't know where he's going. No one knows where they're going. And who knows when the heck they're going to sign. It's been taking <laughs> forever. I'm getting impatient. All right? I think it's going to be – it might be right <laughs> near spring training now. It's going to be February. And, and, I, and I do think it's very important from a Chattolo that he signs before Harper. Because if Harper signs with the Phillies, uh, Chattolo's in a really tough spot because yep. – it's what is it going to be? 
Padres, White Sox, or you take a low bid from the Yankees. So it's very important for him that mm-hmm. I think he signs before Harper. But neither one of them really seem like they're in a hurry mm-hmm. right now. Well, the thing with Machado is, is you would think he'd want to sign with a contender. I mean, that's your hopes. He got a taste of the World Series last year. That was the first time he's ever been to the World Series. You got to think that he'd want to get back there. And I made a joke in a tweet earlier this week where um, him and his agent are saying, oh, we're going to take the highest bid no matter what. And then the White Sox and Padres come in and say, we're going to take it. We're going to sign you. And he's like, no, um, (laughs) that's not what I wanted. Um, So I think he might have to reconsider where he wants to sign, where he where he had sought out to sign at the beginning of the offseason. I really have a feeling the Yankees might come in and try and poach him at the end uh, just because he's not getting the offers that he wanted. Um, But, you know, that remains to be seen. Well, of course, same with Harper. Take the highest bid. I mean, you can't. What are you going to do? Come out and say, you know what? If you guys want to take. You know, give us less. We'll consider it. No, you're going to tell people you're taking the highest bid, so people yeah. offer you more money. I mean, absolutely, that, absolutely. That kind of stuff is just ridiculous. Stupid mm-hmm. people say that. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole mystery team thing is a is a thing too, because it's a mystery to the fans and it's a mystery to the writers. It's not a mystery to Machado. Machado knows everyone that's bidding on him, everyone that's interested in him. It's not a mystery right. to him. So, it's it's who the agent wants or the team wants to leak out whether or not they're interested, and that also can cause some uh, issues with other teams, whether or not they want to sign him. If, if teams didn't, if the Yankees weren't involved and, and all these other teams were involved and then it got let out that the Yankees wanted to get in on it, then that might, uh, you know, keep other teams from bidding on them. So it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. I honestly don't think he goes to the Padres. That's just my opinion. Well, sucks for him then. Cause I don't know where the hell he's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's going to have to take a big pay cut if he wants to play for a contender. That's for sure. Same with Harper. Um, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, hopefully this week we find out a little bit more on, on what's happening there with that Harper's, set. Harper's kind of strange because he hasn't really done much. And even in, even during winter meetings, he made play uh, agents come to him. He didn't go to mm-hmm. two of the teams like Machado did. So, I don't know if it's just an ego thing or it's the, uh, the way that his agent wants to go about it. I don't know. He's just kind of staying quiet. Like you said, it's just, it's just strange. Yep. And I wonder if his whole plan of attack this whole offseason was to wait until Machado signs. The market's more popular for him right now. And, and once he goes away, then maybe that narrows it down for Harper and makes his decision a little bit easier. I mean, well, if, he, d- if he, is he has that backup plan, uh, he has a backup plan with the Nationals, no matter what, he has that deal for the Nationals where he can take. So it's mm-hmm. convenient for him. Depends on whether or not the Nationals uh, pull that off the table. They may have given him a time limit on that. They're not uh, going to keep him off the table. It's Harper. He's been there his whole year. Mm-hmm. They want to keep their fans happy. That's they're not. That's true. The but if they if they find out, you know, the market isn't quite what they were offering at the end of the season, they might take back that offer and say, hey, well, instead of three hundred million, we'll give you two hundred and ten million or something like that. Uh, that's a big cut, which he probably would be kicking himself if he found out that right. uh, the market was going to be this poor. Speaking of the market, let's jump right into that conversation. Well, strike that. I just want to say, with Harper being so quiet, and I think we touched on it last week, uh, does this not remind you a little bit about the Yankees and Teixeira 10 years ago? Uh, the Yankees were not involved with Teixeira until the very last minute, and they swooped in and picked him up for a, a pretty decent-sized contract. I think it was a seven-year deal, $175 million. I don't remember. That was the year they signed Sabathia and uh, A.J. Burnett as well. Right. Um, I remember talking to you during, that, during the offseason, and you're like, the Yankees, I think they're going to sign Tashir, too. I said, no, they're not. They already got, <laughs> yep. they already got Sabathia and Burnett. There's no, or, yeah, mm-hmm. already, there's no way they're going to have yep. enough money. Or, and they did. They did. Uh, I, was, I was convinced there was no reason for the Yankees to not sign Tashir. Uh, he's a, a fantastic defensive first baseman, good switch hitter. How could you not want him? Uh, I think the same thing played out for Teixeira that's playing out right now for Harper and Machado. Market wasn't quite what he expected. And, and because, you know, he probably wanted to play for the Yankees and they came in with an offer that was just a little bit better than the Orioles, he took it. And that could be what happens with these two big-name free agents. But the other free agents that are still available and that are out there, and let's, let's kind of uh, change direction here. Uh, you, we know about Harper and Machado, but Dallas Keuchel, one of the best – Pitchers is still available. Craig Kimbrell, Kimbrell, the top reliever, is still available. There are a number of really good players out there that still have not been signed and that you really haven't heard anything about it. Now, Kimbrell, I get because he's he's putting his market way up here. He wants to 
big bucks. He wants to. He wants know, Chapman money. He wants Chapman money, and you know if Harper and Machado aren't getting what what people thought they might get, then do you really think Kimbrel's going to get what he's going to get? What he wants? Probably no. not. No. So I really think Boston's going to come back and re-sign him because all the other good relievers have already been taken and. They've already lost a number of key relievers from their bullpen last year. They had a terrible bullpen to begin with that just happened to perform at the right time. Uh, it'd be silly for Boston to not try and swoop in and sign Kimbrell, but it's just going to cost them. Yeah, the problem for Boston, and why most people don't think that they want to spend this money on Kimbrell, is because they have a huge issue coming up either next year or the year. I can't remember what their with their team because there's so many of these young players are coming up for their next contract. The whole outfield, you got Betts, Bradley Jr., Benintendi, and then you got Bogarts in the infield. All those players are going to be eligible, I think, within the next year or two for some big contracts. And Boston's already passed, I think, what is it, the second or third threshold of luxury tax. So they actually had their draft pick knocked down 10 picks this year, plus all the fines on top of that. So I think that's why they can't really afford to go sign Kimball for this money he wants. Uh, I think Kimbrell, they're they're both in a tough spot. I, it's going to see who blinks first. Kimbrell's going to have to realize that there's no teams out there that need him, so he's going to have to come down at his asking price. Or mm-hmm. is it Boston first that's going to say, we need some serious help in the back end of our bullpen. We're going to have to spend a little bit more money than we wanted to. Uh, I think that's going to be more of an ongoing issue, I think, and maybe even in spring training, because I don't see either, t- either side really wanting to uh, give in. Because uh, the GM of Boston keeps saying we're not spending money any that that kind of money mm-hmm. on a reliever this year. So. Yeah, he he's been constantly. I think a lot over the past week. He said we're going to hand out uh, minor league deals to to form or to other players and and try and see try and put together a bullpen, which right, I think is there kind, are a lot it's of kind of relievers out there just older mm-hmm. and, and not as good. And it might work out for them because Boston has such a potent offense. I mean, they do have one of the best offenses in the in the game. Uh, but I, I just, I think it's silly because, you know, the Yankees are getting better. The Yankees have clearly imp- improved this year. Uh, and ni- uh, 90% of the Boston hitters came off of career years last year. So the odds of them repeating that really aren't that great. Not saying that they can't just saying that it might not be, they might not have like Mookie Betts had a really good year a couple years ago. And the next year he had a terrible year. You know, JD Martinez had a really good year last year. Might not have as good as year this year. So, and they actually stayed healthy all year. That might not help happen either. So, I think Boston's putting themselves in in a corner here, uh, where if they do happen to get a slew of injuries, might not work out to their favor. Same, same with uh, their bullpen. So, uh, it'll be interesting. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but as far as other free agents, you know, Adam Jones is still out there. Gio Gonzalez is still out there. Um, what do you think, Brad, is causing all of this? Well, you know, I think it has a lot to do with what Scott Boris said this week. He said there's a there's a, a cancer going around in baseball, a cancer of uncompetitiveness. It's just it's it's almost like major major league baseball is becoming what the NBA has been dealing with for years now, and that's just if teams know they're not going to have a chance of being the best teams, then they see no reason to go for it, and instead they go the opposite direction. Uh, so you have two thirds really of the of the league that aren't trying to win this year. They're going after, they're doing the same thing that the Rays did, the Royals did, uh, what the Marlins did back in the early 2000s when they won those two World Series and immediately dismantled the next year before they had to pay anybody. Uh, mm-hmm. They're trying to do this this money ball type approach, but not in the way the A's did it, where the A's signed guys that they knew, like they did analytics, and they knew it, they put the players mm-hmm. in the best positions to help them win. This is the opposite. This is just saying we're not going to sign anybody. We're going to draft, develop these players, and that's really hurting the market for these free agents because mm-hmm. look at the American League alone. There's outside of the top five, maybe six teams, no one's trying to win mm-hmm. at all, and, and it's it's awful. The, the NL is a little bit better because the NL Central is pretty good. Mm-hmm. The, the East West is, is better, and the West has always been a powerhouse. Teams, Minus uh, the Padres. I mean, it's, it usually comes down to the Dodgers, D-backs, and Rockies. Well, I mean, the Giants are gonna—they're gonna have to take a major step back because they're gonna mm-hmm. be one of these teams now that aren't gonna be trying to win. They actually don't have any outfielders right now. No, uh, which they, I'm they surprised they didn't make a run for some of these these free agents. But you know, that's neither right. here nor there. 
I mean, even I know, you know, you know, you know how I feel about Melky Cabrera. All right, he's still sitting out there. Mm-hmm. As a Yankee fan, I want mm-hmm. I want to sign him just for the depth. If we're not going to sign Harper, I'd, I'd sign Melky just in case. Mm-hmm. But why isn't Melky going to the Giants? Or why isn't he going to uh, mm-hmm. the White well, Sox? I can see why he's not going back to the Giants because that's where he was when I, the whole steroid thing came out. Uh, it's it's a very complicated process, and I I don't quite agree with it because then you're getting these guys that aren't. Uh, not guys, but these teams that aren't spending the money for these big name free agents and they're using their system, which is a good thing for those young guys because then they're getting immediate experience. But then you're not getting teams like the Rays last year. They had two starting pitchers and they actually were the yeah. team that that started this whole bullpending train uh, uh, trend. And I, you know how I feel about bullpending and, I, and I'm pretty sure you're on the same page, but you – uh, actually said, I think some point in the middle of the season last year is that this bullpenning craze is going to be a thing. And, and we're starting to see it more and more. And it's probably because these teams don't want to spend the big money on starting pitching. They figure, oh, well, we can get two good innings out of these young guys a piece most right. of the time. Right. So why not just do that all the time? And then you just cycle through the minor leagues and cycle through players. And it's it's not good. It's not good for the game. You're, and, no, it's. I can see why they do it. I mean, and just about every single pitcher in the major leagues, the first time through the lineup is the lowest batting average against numbers. So that's what they want to do. They want to have these guys go out there, face the lineup one time around, and then mm-hmm. give it out. And I, I've mm-hmm. told you about this. It's actually a really good idea. It's bad for the game, mm-hmm. but it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And look well, at yeah, the race. If you're going to spend your hard-earned money to go to a game, you want to go and you want to see a good pitcher. You want to go and see all the top hitters. I don't want to pay 70 bucks to go see a game and see six no-name pitchers that I've never heard of go up against the Yankees. Probably shut them down because the Yankees suck against pitchers they've never played face before. You and I <laughs> talk about this every single time. We always <laughs> They'll be facing a team like the Royals, and they'll call up a, a guy out of the AAA and we'll be like, oh, well, the Yankees might get shut out because they never faced the guy before, so they, they're just not going to know how to hit him. And it usually happens. <laughs> it's funny yeah, I, that, I love the guys that I love the guys that are in the first year of their career, and they have like an ERA of 10.5, mm-hmm. and he plays the Yankees, and it's just seven innings of two or three people. And you boys. make them look like a, like a Roy Holiday, or, or it's just it's, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. But it's not funny what, happened, what is happening to the game. And so how do you fix that? And now we, we talked about – uh, maybe expanding the playoffs. Uh, I know I wrote an article back when I first started my uh, first started the blog about expanding the playoffs to a uh, to like a, a playoff tree system similar to March Madness. Uh, it's a extreme idea. I get it. Uh, you can read the article. I'll post a link in the in the description of this video uh, if you want to take a look at it. But um, it talks about having two brackets, and you know maybe not everybody makes it but the top 16 teams make it um, and then they battle out and the last team standing gets, gets the, to play in a best of seven world series. Um, it'd be more exciting because, you know, more teams will be involved. Uh, it generates revenue for the teams that don't typically get involved or, or maybe you do have every team makes the playoffs, but you know, um, certain, you have to certain to meet certain uh, requirements to get a first or second round by. And then those teams battle it out to get, to the playoffs. And then maybe you do get a Cinderella story like they do in, in uh, college basketball. And maybe a team like the Marlins makes a, a run where you didn't expect them to do it at the beginning of the season. It, it creates, it could create a new whole aspect to major league baseball. Now, maybe you have an idea that isn't quite as extreme as, as what I propose, but um, you know, why don't you talk well, about I, what you think? I think if any of your ideas, they all actually, they all sound really exciting but in order to have those ideas you'd have to shorten the regular season i think mm-hmm. and just i don't think owners are going to do that because it's going to take away money it's mm-hmm. all about money with these well guys. well and i and i believe i addressed that in the article in the sense that you shorten the game or you shorten the season to like 154 games all right that's eight games shorter you can you can also uh, that gives you or maybe shorten the season to end towards the uh, beginning of september that gives you most of september to play this playoff game now um, everybody makes the playoffs, so you can jack up the prices for your playoff tickets. You can make more money that way. If your team goes on a run, you know, you're hosting all these uh, home games that, that could potentially generate more revenue. Yes, the season would need to shorten. And 
I think shortening it eight games or 15 or 16 games isn't that big of a deal. The players will probably like it. You mix in some more off days during the season. Uh, maybe even maybe you don't need to shorten the season. Maybe you need to throw in more double headers. I enjoy double headers. Sometimes when I'm at work, uh, the Yankees play a day game. I put the game on the radio and I listen to it while I'm sitting at my desk. I love uh, baseball while I'm at work. I th- and I think it's something that, that baseball should do more of. Uh, maybe you do double headers. I don't know. It's, it's something that should be explored. You need to get more teams involved in the playoffs like, like the NHL does. It's, it's important. It's important for the game. Well, yeah, the good thing, you know, speaking of the NHL, they did go to a bracket-like system. They still have series, but they don't reseed after each level. It's just a bracket, and it's mm-hmm. actually been a lot of fun recently. Uh, they did – the NHL did go to the extreme by reconfiguring all their divisions a few years ago and all the playoffs. They realized they had to do something to make the game more, even more exciting than it is, mm-hmm. and they did it. Baseball mm-hmm. is just so old-fashioned, it's tough to get them to do that. Um, well, I mean, look I at how long it took to get a unanimous player in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, these, just, these, these writers and everyone surrounding the game are so stuck in tradition, like you were saying. I didn't mean to cut you off, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> so what I always said was, uh, baseball, if there was a way that they convinced the owners to shorten the season, I would have the regular season end in August, and then you have the playoffs half of August, maybe in September, because you own those months, okay? The NFL is still doing preseason. NHL and NBA are not playing. As baseball that is your time. Like you'd have so many viewers just because even if it's just a casual fan, just because you're the only sport out there that's really playing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you don't take advantage of that. And these owners that say it's because of money. Okay. Well, let's find Danny and all you can, you can, we can keep the season the regular 162 games. You can get your money, but you got to start spending it. Cause right now you're not signing free agents and it's all going right in your pocket. Mm-hmm. That, that is what bothers fans. Like the Mets fans. I haven't living in New York. I have a lot of uh, friends that are Met fans. They just can't stand how the Mets continue to just pocket their money. There's no mm-hmm. reason why the Mets shouldn't be in on Machado or Harper this year. They just, Very there's true. no reason why they're not. Now, it's the ridiculous. Mets, speaking of the Mets, I will say that they, they have made many more moves this offseason as they had in the yeah, past it's seasons. Not hard to uh, and they're taking on big contracts like uh, <laughs> Robinson Cano and um, uh, I can't remember who else they signed. But remember, they only took Cano because they, they were able to. Get Edwin Bruce's yep. big contract, mm-hmm. but that is a big contract that they're taking on in return. Uh, and they, they, uh, you have a more active front office now. Uh, not to say that they make good moves, but they're definitely a different Those team making moves, than yeah. that. That is different than years past. But you know, switch over to teams like uh, the Royals. They didn't do much this off season. The Orioles, the Blue Jays, these these small market teams. They're not making money, and even. I have seen so much grief on social media about the Yankees who make the most money and spend and invest the least percentage of their revenue back into the team, which is insane because they still have one of the top payrolls in the game. And this is <laughs> what people are using to justify why they should uh, spend on Harper and Machado. Well, those are people that don't understand the luxury tax rules. Like mm-hmm. this George Steinbrenner, yes, George Steinbrenner would have signed both these players already, but George Steinbrenner for most of his career didn't have luxury tax rules. They didn't have different specials that they had to stand there. Plus, the Yankees, A, they don't really need to sign any more people this year. Second of all, they have a lot of players like the Red Sox that are going to be coming up fairly soon for big contracts like Sanchez mm-hmm. and, and Judge, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to so, sign all of them. The Yankees, while they may <laughs> distribute or uh, reintegrate less money from the revenue of the other team or percentage-wise of other teams, they're still putting – what they need to do to put a winning team out in the field that's enjoyable to watch and worth going to see a game. Mm-hmm. And fans really need to understand that. It's just point right. blank. Now, uh, back to ahead. the original point where I trying to figure out how to fix this. If it's not your idea of shortening the season or adding different playoff uh, things, then you then you got to go to uh, maybe make doing a spending limit. Like, I don't know how you could tell teams well, they have to spend money, but well, it's got to be a way where the Commissioners say, if you want to be part of this league, then you have to spend this percentage of money every year. Maybe there's a minimum salary cap. Maybe, maybe, maybe if there's if there's luxury tax tiers, where if you spend above a certain amount, you have to pay a a certain uh, penalty fee. Maybe if you spend below a certain penalty or a certain uh, payroll, you also get fined. You should because you can't have these teams like the Orioles and. Blue mm-hmm. Jays and 
I think either Padres and there, the Giants. They haven't signed one for Asia this year. There, there is a team out there. I think I read somewhere that has a, a payroll of um, less than a hundred million dollars, and that's, that's absurd. That's absurd. With the amount of revenue that these teams generate, they need to be investing back into the te- into the team. So I think if your payroll is under under a hundred million dollars, then then you need to pay a fine. You need to pay a fine. Yep. Just like the team that's over. Two hundred and six million dollars this year, you know, it's it it has to it work should both be, ways. It should be a minimum. It, it, you have to give you have to motivate these teams to spend the money, and and there's there's only so many ways you can do it. And I I think as soon as you mention something like that, then the ownership might go into up, uproar. But you know, you and I had talked last week where there's a pen, potential of players going on strike in the after the next CBA. Well, there's also the possibility that owners could could cause some issues with with how things are done yeah and you don't want that that's bad that's bad for the game in general because no one's making money that way and you're hurting the fans and and just like in the strike in 94 with with how much time was missed you're going to lose fans and that's again the last thing that this sport needs because to me it's the best sport out there for for me that's my opinion i know people might disagree with me but it really is it's america's best pastime there's there's so many um just traditions that go along with it and 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 if you're gonna stay the same you're gonna lose fans if you're gonna do things that i mean either way someone's gonna be offended that's just the the society we live in these days but at the same time you got to do something yeah there's no reason why the ale should come down to two teams every year there's no reason why the Mm -hmm. ale central is the indians that to win and they could sleepwalk through the season and still win they know the twins Mm -hmm. are trying there's no reason why the White Sox, Royals, or Tigers can't do something. There's no reason why now, in the West that um, I know you got the Angels coming around now, but now you got the Mariners taking a step back. You know, you got mm-hmm, the A's yeah. taking a step back, probably. It's just no reason for that. You got to have at least half the teams in each league competing for a playoff spot. You mm-hmm. have some kind of. You got to have the fans believing a little bit mm-hmm. to go there, spend their money. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing, the one nice thing about the Major League uh, Baseball season is that the last handful of years the world series has been two different teams almost every year now the dodgers have been back two years in a row but you know you're getting different opponents if you go to the nba it's always golden state and right. cleveland it's always and in the nfl you always got the patriots there it's sickening to be honest because um, <laughs> because you know i'm an, i'm regrettably a nick fan so i don't watch the knicks anymore because one they're a terrible team and two it doesn't matter because you still got super teams like the warriors and and I haven't really been paying attention much this year, so I don't know who else, because Cleveland's certainly not going to be there since James isn't there anymore. But, you know, it makes it less fun to watch if the same two teams are there all the time. If the Patriots are there all the time, I don't want to watch the Super Bowl. I'm probably not going to watch much of it this year. I know. Curse me. But um, it's not fun for me, because I don't really care about Tom Brady. I don't really care about the Patriots. Now, it's different for you, because your wife's a Patriots fan, so she's obviously going to want to watch the game. But for fans that don't really care about the Patriots, you're going to lose viewers that way. I mean, yeah, that's but, just, maybe that's just me, though. Well, that's not the NFL's fault, though, because you know not, we don't want to get into too much to talk about. No, that, so. no. But this um, is a Yankee sports cast. There so. is a lot of competitive teams <laughs> in the NFL. It's just the Patriots somehow, yeah. somehow finally. Do somehow, it. There yeah. Are but teams this, out there that could be. This conversation definitely more, mostly applies to the NBA. Uh, right. I just, and I just bring the. I don't want the MLB going mm-hmm. towards. It's the last thing we want. As as big of fans as we are, and and we're not just Yankee fans. We're Major League Baseball fans as well, and and we would hate to see anything hurt the sport in such a way. I mean, I, I love watching the Yankees win the World Series as much as any Yankee fan does, but it's always good to see other teams outside of the Red Sox win the World Series. <laughs> if the yeah. Yankees don't make it there, right. it's nice to see it. When the Yankees make it there, obviously you want them. You want them winning every year if you're a Yankee fan. But like I said, it doesn't. it's good for the sport when you get a team like the Royals win the World Series or – the Astros, they haven't won it ever before last year. So it's good. It's a good thing. That's but, good, but you don't want teams tanking to get there. Right. Uh, exactly. That's our point. Exactly. You're absolutely right, Brad. So with that said, uh, we've kind of gone through everything we really wanted to talk about. Um, actually, no, that's not true. There's one more thing we need to talk about, and we can talk about it really quickly because we're – Because uh, spring training is right around the corner. It is coming up. Uh, and with the induction to the uh, Hall of Fame, Mariano has been interviewed saying that he wants to be a part of spring training this year. He wants to teach a lot of the Yankee relievers his cutter. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think uh, relying heavily on the fastball hurts players sometimes. I'm not saying don't throw it. I'm just saying mix up your pitches a little bit. Look at all these pitchers that they throw hard, and Mariano threw hard. 
he just threw a pitch that had movement on it. And it, it affects both sides of the plate in different ways. You get lefties up there, it jams the hitter. You get righties out there, they're reaching for the ball and they're hitting the ball off the end of the bat, breaking the bat. And that's a good thing. And you got guys like Dylan Batances and Chad Green and maybe not Ogles Chapman because he, he's fine. He has that wipeout slider. Uh, but you get these hard-throwing righties up there that can throw this cutter. That's a good thing. And I think it should be in, integrated into the Yankees' bullpen. And I, say Larry, and I say Larry Rothschild, watch your back because Mariano's <laughs> going to be your job. <laughs> All right, a couple things. I, I also agree it's great that Mariano's going to be there. And those play, any pitcher can obviously benefit from the pit, one single pitch that made Mariano his whole career. Uh, you're right. Teaching these guys the cutter would be unbelievable. Imagine, yeah, Chapman has that wipeout slider, but imagine him up there breaking bats like Mariano did. Because there's only, yeah, he, he still throws 100, 203 miles an hour, but that's going to start taking a step back sooner or later. He's not getting any younger, and he's already had mm-hmm. his knee issues last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tantus, imagine that guy with a cutter. It's just, it's, it'd be unbelievable. And what a resource for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. We don't, like, I don't know other, what other teams do. I don't know if they have past players that come to spring training, but the Yankees do. But the Yankees I think they do, but not in the same capacity. Right, so Yankees every year, they have Nick Swisher there every year. They have Andy Pettit stopping by. You always have Reggie Jackson hanging around. Now you're going to throw mm-hmm. Mario Rivera there. That's, mm-hmm. that's exciting. That's such a huge benefit of, of, of being a part of the Yankee organization. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great, great idea, and I hope Mariano does go there and spend some time with him. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. And one last thing about the cutter is, is, is for an aging pitcher like Andy Pettit. He didn't have a cutter when he started out, but I think Mariano kind of showed him uh, led him that way, and and that helped with Pettit's longevity. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Pettit is not that, teaching at the CC actually. Yeah, I think CC is throwing that. I believe you're right, and I think he mixed that in the last two years because if you can't rely on your velocity anymore, then you need something that you throw hard that has movement on it. And when these young pitchers can't throw 100, like when Severino can't throw 100 miles an hour anymore, what's he going to do? We already know his he doesn't throw a slider that accurate. I mean, you saw it in the in the wild card game and in the playoffs last season. Right. Unless he can get that under control, uh, he needs to develop another pitch that he can throw hard that isn't 100 miles an hour but has movement on it that can keep hitters off balance. So this That's is a brilliant is, this is a brilliant move, and I really hope it pays off. And with that said, why I brought up Larry Rothschild and Brad and I talk about this all the time is that we don't people look at him as some sort of pitching coach genius. I don't see it. I always feel like pitchers have regressed ever since he's taken over for, uh, I think Ron Guidry was the pitching coach before him. Right. So I think since he took over for Guidry, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see what's so great about it. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something, but I think when they cleaned house uh, after they let, or after they let Girardi walk, they should have reconsidered bringing back Rothschild. I, I agree. I don't, we, we talk about that. Rothschild does not, do well with adjustments. He doesn't teach. He doesn't take the next step of players. They usually take a step back. Mm-hmm. Tanaka's taking a step back. CC because of his age too. He's taking a step back. Severino, mm-hmm. half second half of last year was awful. You can't tell me a, a pitching genius like uh, Rocha wouldn't be able to tell that he's taking <laughs> pitches. Uh, so many guys in the I mean, bullpen. But Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray. They say uh, he's he, one of the best things for him in Cincinnati is that he's going back to his old pitching coach. Who, Oakland or college, college, I think. College. Yep. Uh, and he and even he said he was excited about that. So that's saying uh, Um I got a name for you though. Instead, of, you know, Mariano is going to be there in spring training. I, I, know, I don't think I he think wants a full time job. I'd go with David Cohn. That knew he was going to say Cohn, that. <laughs> throughout the whole broadcast, he knows what he's talking about. He knows the mm-hmm. pitches are coming. He knows what the pitchers doing wrong. And frankly, I can't stand him in the booth. So I love oh, I love David Cohn in the booth. <laughs> I like Paul O'Neill. I love so Paul O'Neill. Horny and, uh. Well, we know that Al Leiter's not coming back this year. He's spending time with his son because he's one of the right. high, most highly touted uh, high school pitchers. I think he's, that's a good thing for him. Sad to see him yeah. go, but it's good for his son. Uh, I love David Cohn in the book because I just like when he tells stories. I like when all these former players come like in and tell stories. Yes. Um, but, no, I love David Cohn as a pitching coach uh, moving forward just because he's got the tenacity to do it. He's not afraid to tell a pitcher to throw at someone exactly. that I condone that. But he also, he, he is one of those guys that went from a hard throwing pitcher to a finesse pitcher. Yeah. And that is good for, for these guys that haven't quite made that transition yet. But he's also, like I said, has the fire to do it and he can light a fire under these young guys and, and motivate them to pitch the way that they're capable mm-hmm. of doing. So I agree with you, Brad. 
It'd be cool to see Mariano, but I think the best fit would be David Cohn. I agree. And uh, I, I know we were pretty excited. I think Rothschild's contract was up, so I think we're both pretty excited that something might happen, but then he signed another contract this year. So Yeah. I don't well, know. Uh, okay, so with that said, uh, hopefully some exciting stuff happens this week and we can, or between now and our next uh, recording, so that we have a little bit uh, more to talk about. Hopefully there's some big signings. Who knows? But with that said, um, on behalf of myself and Brad, thank you again for watching. Please subscribe. Please let us know what you think. We really appreciate you watching. Uh, we love to hear what you think. Um, this is uh, not our day job, so we do this as a hobby, but we really are very passionate about the Yankees. So if you really like what you hear, subscribe. If you don't, let us know what you think in the comments section below. But just we love that you're watching to begin with. So thank you. Yeah, so keep watching, keep subscribing. Uh, and, and, and those comments, tell us, are we going too long on topics? Are we doing short? Now, what topics would you guys like us to uh, to talk about? I mean, we'd love some ideas. We come up with these topics on our own because that's maybe going on in baseball right now until the season starts. So if you have some things that we, you want to debate, that we want, you want us to talk about, and you can join in the discussion with comments, uh, go ahead. Right in. We're, we're all ears. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is a good point, Brad. And if for some reason you don't get to watch us again on the on the YouTube, check us out on Twitter. Like I said, my uh, handle is uh, TPC underscore Yankees blog. Um, just search. And I have Brad or Shadow one at Twitter. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, again, check us out. Uh, we're very active on the social media. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Just, uh, you know, keep on, on subject. With that said, thank you for tuning in. My name is Greg Andriano. And I'm Brad McCormick, and I hope to see you on episode four next week. All right. Have a good one, and go Yanks. <laughs>